0: Welcome to the Everglow, a podcast with real advice you can actually use to live a better, happier life, especially if you're an empath. No burning sage, no crystals, no BS. Join me as I travel the world sharing the valuable lessons I learn. Hit subscribe on iTunes or wherever it is that you're listening to this to get new episode updates. What is up, everybody? Mr. International coming at you from beautiful Shargao, Philippines. Yeah, I'm still here. God, man, I don't know. (laughs) This is so nice here. This morning, I woke up, woke up early, uh, went to the beach, took a paddleboard, board. And just lay down on it, and <clears throat> floated around, the water was crystal clear blue, calm like a swimming pool, and um, yeah, this is ha- this is what life is supposed to actually be like, not the bullshit of waking up in a rush and being stressed. Um, you know, it's so funny, the girl that works at the front desk at this hotel, um, she is like, incredibly happy all the time she's chronically happy she just she has this energy about her and uh i was telling her i'm like man are you ever unhappy and she's like uh no sir why would i be unhappy and i'm like this this crazy part of me just as a joke really was telling her my goal this trip is to see if i can turn her smile upside down and somehow make her pissed off at some point but she just thought that was funny too um, but you know, energy and positive energy is very electric. It's very magnetic and it, it spreads, right? Like just her smiling and being happy, you know, makes me happy. Uh, cause she just loves being here and what she's doing. So, you know, obviously she, obviously she's perfect for customer service. And, uh, you know, it's funny, you living in LA, you kind of like become a bit jaded because you're always on guard. You're in survival mode in a giant garbage dump like that and you know here you kind of still have that built into your dna a little bit because you're so used to being like that it's like a it's like an abused dog right you know you put that abused dog with a loving family and for the first couple weeks if you try to pet the dog it'll probably flinch uh because it's so used to being you know abused but you know so when you're, you're landing here i'm like a little bit on guard just waiting for some jerk to say something or do something dumb and just, you know, everybody here is in a good mood. So even the tourists, so it kind of just puts you in a great, great place as well. So anyway, yeah, after that uh, paddle boarding, I just came back and, you know, as I've talked about religiously on other podcasts, there's something called time compression syndrome. Uh, And it just, it's phenomenal witnessing it again and experiencing it because, you know, back in LA, I wake up and literally before I know it, it's lunch and I eat lunch and I blink my eyes and it's already 5 PM. And you wonder where the time goes, where the day goes. And I just remember the other day when I went on this uh, land tour of the island, although it's called a land tour, you still actually go out in the ocean. Um, I remember I couldn't believe how many things we had done and seen and all the interaction with the other tourists on on my group. And I remember looking at my watch. I'm like, yeah, it's probably like five. We're going to head home. And it was like 1230 p.m. And I was like, this is impossible. And it just reaffirmed everything I've known about and been talking about time, how time is just this, uh, a perception that changes. You know, time isn't a fixed unit of measure, although we've reduced it to that, you know, to measure things, right? But one minute isn't always one minute, right? Just like I've had dreams and probably you've had dreams where I've had dreams that are probably five years long in that dream, but I've only been actually asleep in this world for, you know, a few hours. And maybe the dream itself was only five minutes of this, this time in this timeline, right? So, you know, you don't want to waste your life on repeat doing the same effing thing every day. That's why it's so important to get out of your space and to do different things. Okay. I know you're going to say, well, it's not that easy to travel across the globe and do this and that. Fine. Just do something in in your own town even, or just get out of your town and stay close by, jump in a car, you know, walk on a different street. All these little things can really make a huge difference. So anyways, that's not even what the subject matter was (laughs) today. So today's subject matter is called... The title of today's podcast is 2 plus 2 equals 5. And I'm kind of jacking this from a meme I saw on the internet. And they claim Keanu Reeves said it. I don't think it... I don't know if it's true. But the premise remains the same. And that is, I'm at a stage in my life where I don't have any energy nor care to argue with anybody about anything If you think 2 plus 2 equals 5, good for you. Go have fun with that. And so that's what today's podcast is about, 2 plus 2 equals 5. And what that really means is that I want you to get away from controlling and trying to control everybody around you and what they think and how they think. You know, I used to spend so much fucking time and energy of my own, you know, trying to convince people of things when I knew they were wrong about something, um, you know. And I guess in my own way, I am uh, I failed because I'm I'm my own version of a know-it-all, obviously, right, we all are. And, you know, somebody would be doing the wrong thing or saying the wrong thing, or I knew they were wrong about something, and I'd be trying to educate them, like, no, no, it's this, it's this. And th- they'd just be adamant, and I'd get, I'd get frustrated, and I'd spend so much of my time trying to convince them about what was right. And I was thinking, you know, now that I look back on these younger years, I was like, man, what was I wasting my time? Like, who gives a shit? I mean, I can give you a million, trillion examples. Like, I remember once in undergrad, there was this girl. I mean, she was a real know-it-all. People didn't really like her much. But there was this girl in undergrad that, yeah, she thought her word was the gospel. And I guess she didn't know an English word. And that English word is the word endeavor. There used to be a space shuttle named Endeavor, by the way. And, um, you know, the word endeavor can mean a lot of things, but it's also uh, a verb, right? The verb to endeavor. You endeavor to do something. And I got into an argument with her where she said, no, it's not a verb. And she said it so defiantly. I'm like, "Uh, what do you mean? It is. I endeavor, you endeavor, he endeavor, she endeavor. Like, it's a verb. She's like, no, it's not. It's not. And she was so adamant. And I got into this argument with her and I got frustrated But when I look back on these dumb things, I'm like, who fucking cares what she thinks? Great, congratulations. She doesn't know a word in the English language. I'm sure there are lots I don't. But why do I give a fuck if she won't learn it? Like, who cares? Um, And so that's happened a lot in my life where I would just get into arguments with people about certain things. I mean, man, you can imagine the number of arguments I got into, you know, after the whole Trump thing when he got... He was put into office and, you know, all of a sudden everybody was like taking sides and you had all these people supporting Trump and all the psychotic things that guy was doing. You know, I so many arguments with people and friend, close friends and even family. And I was like, what? How can you think this? And how can you think that? And how can you agree with this or that? And, you know, it was fascinating hearing people's counterarguments to some of the, the, the craziness back then, right? Like they'd be like, oh, you don't like... It's not that you don't like his policies, you just don't like him. I'm like, well, I don't even know him. But um I'd get into all these arguments, but then when I and I get so stressed about them, right? And it's like your goal in life should just be to wake up and be happy every day and do everything that is not stressful. And if there's anything stressful in your life, take it away, subtract it, or remove yourself from it. And so if one thing you're doing is getting frustrated with people because they're not listening to you or they're not doing what you say to ask them to do or tell them to do or you're always convincing people of your standpoint or your viewpoint just move on it's not your job everybody's entitled to thinking the way they think and do you know how much energy you're going to expend just trying to make people see your point of view it doesn't matter certainly be receptive yourself please be receptive yourself to Um, changing your mind and learning and, you know, evolving the way you think about things. But don't worry about other people being wrong. And it's not your job. It is absolutely not your job to convince people to also harmonize with your own viewpoints in life. Because when you start engaging with people, you're locking horns with them um, because they're, they're steadfast in their ways often. And you're really just trying to Make them think the way you're thinking, and we all lock down and clamp down on our own positions, including yourself. So I'll give you a lot of great examples. Here's a great example. You know, and it almost ruined my one of my trips. I went with one of my really, really close, longest friends I've ever had. Hey, maybe he's even listening to this, and that's cool too. Um, and we'd gone to Hawaii. Me, him, and another friend. We'd all gone to Hawaii together. It was my first trip to Hawaii. I think it was my first trip with him too. And, uh, you know, we were all staying in the same room. And we we were having a great time. We went to Waikiki, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was Waikiki. And we happened to be there um, on the anniversary of 9-11. So for those of you listening internationally, 9-11 really just means September 11th. And yes, Americans, I know you all know what 9-11 is. But sorry to say, not everybody on the planet um, just assumes to know what that is. So on September 11th, back in, I believe, 2001... That's when there's the major coordinated terrorist attacks throughout the United States where, you know, planes flew into the World Trade Centers in New York City and the Pentagon and whatnot. So that's affectionately known or unaffectionately known as 9-11 because it's a pretty significant day in recent American history. But anyhow, we were there on one of the anniversaries. We were there in Waikiki on one of the anniversaries of... Um, 9-11, you know, and Hawaii is technically considered a U.S. state. The Hawaiians certainly don't think that. They're not very happy about it. Sorry to burst your bubble, some of the American tourists, but no, they don't actually consider them, like considering themselves a a state. But however, we were technically in a U.S. state, um, on 9-11 and we're at a, I remember we're at a bar, it was like a rooftop bar at one of the hotels and it was pretty crowded. And I was talking with my friend, he's Canadian, and He started kind of going off on Americans a bit. And I was like, oh, shit, this isn't the place to do it. Um, (laughs) You know, you should know your audience. And just like Walmart destroying businesses. And then he started getting into, uh, you know, 9-11, the whole thing being a conspiracy. Where World Trade Centers wouldn't fall down like that. Something about they found thermite at the site. There was it was a rigged explosion, you know, rigged demolition, and there's no evidence that a plane flew into the Pentagon. Where's the proof? It's like, but foolishly, that younger version of me really, like him and I, really started going at it. Number one, because I didn't even want to be talking about such things on in a bar when you're surrounded by, you know, other Americans on such a sensitive day. Number one, Um, I'm not looking to get into a bar fight or arguments with more strangers. But also because, you know, like, you just don't want to even, you're on vacation, why even get into that? But then that's on me. Because when somebody's telling me two plus two equals five, right, you're absolutely right. That's all I needed to say. I should have just, you know, brushed it off my shoulders and let the conversation move on. But, you know, live and learn. So, that, un- that happy hour went from happy hour to unhappy hour as him and I continued to, like, get more and more heated And me and more, me myself getting more and more frustrated, partly because I was quite surprised that such a good friend of mine who who I'd known for so many years, I was kind of seeing this other side to his thinking. And I'm not saying this in a negative way, because probably he was looking at me the same way, thinking, how can Mr. International not see this, what he thinks to be an obvious thing of, you know, this whole thing, 9-11 thing being a conspiracy, and it's all like this rigged thing. So, as you can imagine, things started escalating at the bar. I mean, it didn't help that we're having a drink or two, but we weren't drunk or anything like that. And, you know, the problem when you're arguing with anybody, especially people that are... Their brains are somewhat wired towards the conspiracy side of things. And I have noticed, you know, we're all wired. Our brains are all wired in a certain way. But when you're dealing with people that are more inclined to be more on the conspiratorial side of things and I've met more and more of them throughout the years and I've kind of noticed that trend the conspiracy mind or wiring of the brain is very um, how shall we say it's very whack-a-moley meaning like if you're familiar with the game of whack-a-mole at the amusement park it's where you know a, t- a little there are a bunch of holes on a board and like the head of a mole a toy a toy mole will pop up and you're supposed to hit it with a big mallet or hammer um, before it goes down again. But as soon as you hit that one down, another one pops up. And so you're supposed to keep hitting these as they pop up. And, you know, the problem with conspiracy conspiracy theorists, and they're definitely one of the people, the type of people you have to just kind of walk away from peacefully. They're definitely the two plus two definitely equals five crowd. Um, And I've talked about them before in another podcast I did called tinfoil, tinfoil hat wearers or something like that. But, it's a game of whack-a-mole because when they present their facts to you or their arguments to support their claim about why they think what they think as soon as you disprove it emphatically they just switch to a completely different subject even though you completely obliterated tangibly and obliterated what they said to be completely wrong they don't even say okay I guess I'm wrong I'm gonna change my opinion they just change the subject as an example you know one of the arguments in our, our, our argument uh, when we were you know, going at it and getting mad at each other for 9-11 and whether it was real or not, uh, I mean it was obviously real but you know what I mean, um, was the beams, the steel I-beams in the building, there's no way they could have just buckled and melted like that from heat, it's made of steel, they're not just going to buckle and the whole building's going to fall down. The problem with that is he hadn't seen something I had seen, which was a National Geographic experiment on the National, the Nat Geo channel. Unless that's part of some government, you know, conspiracy too, which it's fucking not, okay? Like, it's not. And they actually did an experiment where they they burned, um, they created a burn pit out in the desert, like in the sand. And they filled it with, uh, I guess, aviation fuel or something that burns... Um, that burns to that heat level. In fact, I think it even burned less at a lower temperature, believe it or not. And all they did was they took this pit, set it on fire, and they hung, or they um, stretched the same I-beam, the same steel I-beam that's used in construction, the same ones in the World Trade Centers. They actually put one on across this, on supports across this burn pit, and they just left it there for, for a little while. And from what I remember in the experiment, you can probably look it up on YouTube, without even any weight on the I-beam, when it got hot enough, it actually started to sag and it eventually buckled. So it absolutely proved, visually, it just it completely proved that, sure, just because something's made out of steel doesn't mean it can't get soft from heat and melt and then break. Um, there's, this is, I I saw this in grade 10 science class where I don't know if it was the golden gate bridge, but it was a suspension bridge that looked similar to it where due to the wind, um, this same steel suspension bridge started flapping. Like it started wave going in, it started oscillating like a, a wave pattern, um, because of the wind. And I mean, when you're looking at the video, I think it's a black and white video. When you look at the video, this bridge, which has, you know, pavement on it, in addition to the supporting beams, which are much bigger than, and probably stronger than the World Trade Center beams, these beams are just, like, flapping around like a wave. Like, you think, how how are these things not snapping? Um, But that's why education is such an important thing, isn't it? So when I told my friend about that, you know, that, yeah, I've seen experiments where, of, of course, these beams can certainly melt. I mean, they were made from heat forming them in the first place. All of a sudden, the argument switched to, oh, well, there's no video of the plane going into the Pentagon. I'm like, but you're arguing about the World Trade Center. Now you're, you're not even addressing my counterpoint. And that's what was even getting me more frustrated. I'm like, you just keep changing the subject every time I shoot down your... Consp- like, I show you the flaws in your conspiracy theory or theories and so man you know the night didn't go well like I I, for the first time in my life this this is the biggest fight I'd ever gotten to with my friend like I remember we left the bar and I was so jarred I just like I walked across I remember we left the bar and I walked across the street and I didn't want to be near him because I was just so like frazzled from the experience you know because I don't go on vacation to argue I mean this is why I like going on my solo trips anyway I don't want to tangle with anybody but looking back on it, it was really foolish of me right I mean go ahead yeah sure 9-11 9-11 is a big conspiracy. You got it. You enjoy that. Because who really fucking cares? Like, who cares what somebody else thinks? And so, but I want you to just look at the energy and the time, you know, you're on vacation. And if you always come back to your default setting, which is, is this making me happy? And so, at least with me, when I find I tangle with people and I'm trying to convince them, more often than not, it actually makes me quite unhappy Because I find myself so messed up in my own head of like, why the fuck do these people think this way? Like, it's so incredibly wrong. And sure, I'm probably incredibly wrong about shit too. But nobody's really getting frustrated with me thinking a certain way, right? So, at the end of the day, you know, you just have to really care about what you think and make sure you know how you got to how you think what you think. But just stop trying to change the world and try try to convince everybody of your point. Um, I'm sure you have these examples and you know a lot of it comes down to just this 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 thing of control and we don't the word control sounds kind of harsh But we really are trying to just control everybody all the time, right? Somebody doesn't do what we want them to do. Oh, we get mad. Oh, why does this person act this way? We get mad Why does this client call me at 6 a.m 7 a.m 8 a.m and 9 a.m asking for case updates when he barely signed the retainer a day ago um, you get mad. But what you're really mad about is the fact that I can't control them, which is why I've talked about it before. The block feature on your cell phone is one of the greatest, greatest modern inventions. <laughs> I think my block list on my cell phone is longer than my uh, phone directory. So anyway, um, that's just it. I, you know, that's today's podcast. It's around a bit longer than I was hoping, but you know, it's, just, it's about maintaining your peace. It's not about educating other people. It's not about making other people think what you're thinking. You can offer your point. If they disagree, they're right. I was in the sauna the other day with, you know, the guys from the gym. And I don't really know the people in the sauna. But some dude was talking about some politics. And this other guy who was clearly a right winger was he, was... he wasn't he was too far to the right because it is L.A. But he was uh, just talking about gun rights and how the Constitution guarantees guns for everybody, and, you know, they're trying to take our guns. And, I, I, you know, as a lawyer, I explained to him, I said, you know, what you're saying isn't actually correct. The Constitution does not actually guarantee your gun rights. He's like, well, yeah, sure, it says everybody has the right to bear arms. And I'm like, uh, no, sir, it literally does not actually say that at all. The only reason people have the right is because the Supreme Court ruled on its interpretation of... Um, what a well-armed militia means. And I said even that, in my opinion, is a corrupted interpretation because there's a Federalist paper which actually defines well-armed militia, not to be me, you, and your neighbor in single-family homes. A well-armed militia actually means the National Guard. That's what a well-armed militia is, but unfortunately when, you know, the Supreme Court's obviously very political, when Scalia and these guys ruled on it, they decided to completely ignore that and, everybody should have guns so I was trying to educate the guy on it now to be fair he was actually receptive and listened but if he wasn't and he wanted to push back on me I would I'm at a stage right now where I'd be like okay that's great you didn't go to law school you've never studied this shit so if you believe that the constitution says this and that's you're right which it says right then that's great for you I'm never gonna see you again probably so who really gives a shit And what you'll find is your days will get much more peaceful when you're not trying to convince everybody that you're right. So, or more importantly, you're not trying to convince everybody that they're wrong. So next time you meet somebody that says 2 plus 2 equals 5, give them a round of applause because they're absolutely right. Okay? (laughs) That's all my lesson is for today. Just walk away. It's not worth it. You know, Be grateful that you have the knowledge you have and let people think what they have or think what they want to think. That's it for today, man. Take it easy.